Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Okay, all right, okay. Hey, it is episode 109 of the Sims and Lefko podcast. Well, this is awkward. It is the it uh, is. Tony Romo episode. <laughs> Excellent Man. basketball player. Uh, you texted us last night and said you couldn't handle Tony Romo's arms. I just thought Can't seeing Turn his, me down just a little bit. Seeing his arms in a basketball jersey just for some reason... That's what my like arms it. look like in a basketball I know. Sport. That's what I kept being. I was like, that is what Lefko looks like as a basketball <laughs> player. It's Tony Romo. I didn't see. I saw one picture, but I couldn't see his arms, so I wasn't sure. And where was our op- intro music? Did you? Uh, no intro music today. Well, what? it's going to be in afterwards. Yeah, so we don't get to hear it, but everyone at home gets to hear I it. I mean, that sets the tone. I mean, I'm disappointed in you, Josh. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm but, sorry. But, yeah, Tony Romo in the basketball jersey, and I was like, and people want him to play next year. Like, look at him. It's it's certainly He's concerning. Not playing. No, I mean it doesn't seem like it. Uh, the other thing, I mean, yeah, I wonder. I, I do wonder with that whole thing too. Just as part of his contract, like what is in there to say he can't leave week four to, you know, the Cowboys. Dak Prescott gets hurt. Well, Lehan, let's talk about what uh, the reaction has been like uh, since last week's podcast. So last week's podcast, I think we kind of looked around at each other and kind of were like, all right, we said some things. We heard Hold some on. stuff. I said afterwards, you guys do realize what's going to happen as a result of this podcast. Yeah. I, I do want to just point out that yeah. I said that. Yeah. So uh, I think it kind of started when your aunt, um, what's her name again? Wendy. Wendy. Damn it. I love Aunt Wendy. Aunt, Wendy's. aunt Wendy was like, you're on MSN. So his Aunt Wendy reads MSN.com, which I don't even, that's like people that still go to like Yahoo.com. Or have AOL email addresses. Right. Uh, but she goes there and she goes, apparently you're on MSN. And then we clicked on it and it actually took us to the New York Post. And then the New York Post, I jumped out of my seat because it called us the Lefko and Sims podcast. <laughs> right. And that was a big moment. That was last Thursday. Yeah. Which Correct. At that point, I thought, okay, like, yeah, I got some headlines. Everything's That's it. good. Yeah, nothing big. But Friday well, is what, what really so got, got Thursday, me, like, it went from the New York Post, and then it went bang, 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 bang. And everybody was talking about you being the first one to tell your dad. And then Friday, it exploded with exploded. that. And then it even went into our Nance stuff about Nance okaying it. Right. Um, so I, I guess, again, I got a lot of texts about this. I can't even imagine because the funniest thing for me, and me and Fendrick were out Thursday night and talking about it, I, went, I was I was bugging out like I was sitting there so I should have been having fun and I was just scrolling through Twitter like oh shit Chris is in trouble we're in big trouble here <laughs> but what was so funny it was like it was like people kept coming up to me being like you were the one that yelled everything and all they're doing is talking about Chris's comments and it was so funny because so many of the quotes were like and discussing Nance Sims went yes I agree like they took like the it was so funny yeah, yeah what happened is. was you crapped all over Jim Nance. And then, In the words of Pro Football Talk, I denigrated him. And then yes, Chris, he did. Chris laughed, 
and then Chris got attributed everything that you said about Jim Nance. Pretty that's, much. That's it seemed that way, right. Week. And then, yeah, to, for, them, for them, you know, again, too, it just shows you, and I, I know I'm a part of this world, but, like, I mean. Clickbait media. I mean, you know, one of the headlines said, like, oh, Sims thinks Nance had hand in replacing his father. No, that's not what I said. No, I, never I said, said that. that. You said that. <laughs> I said I think he would have had at least sign off on it or know yes. of it. But Which I'm is not a perfectly reasonable, reasonable I would expect CBS and, and guess Jim what? Nance to CBS, both have the conversation. CBS never said that didn't happen. They never did. You're exactly right. The only thing they said, and it, they made you, or your agent or whoever made you make a comment, which was pretty much saying they reached out to his agent the day before. So, yes, there was contact. Yes. But our main point was... He's been there for 20 years. Right. I think the old call, not just the day beforehand, right. but maybe a week or two, or just, hey, Phil, this is what we're thinking right now. Yeah, the rumors but even if you call there. the day before, that's like, it's like, no, I told my girlfriend I cheated five minutes before you told my girlfriend she cheated. It's like, <laughs> no, that doesn't count. Like, it was act of guilt. It, it was. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, listen. I mean, it, it is, was an interesting week for you. I'm sure it is what it is. Uh, I, the only time I ever like panic, I panic with situations like that. I could care less about my own life or my own career, uh, but I did worry about, like, I didn't want my father to be yeah. disappointed in me, anything like that. So, uh, but, but at the end of the day, everything's fine, um, and I, it is what it is at this point. I think the cool thing about you doing that, though, and us kind of having that kind of podcast that blew up was uh, props to Bonnie Bernstein coming out with her comments. Yep, right. Um, and I can imagine that a lot of people reached out to your dad. They did a ton. I mean, throughout the NFL, with inside the in- industry itself. Uh, so we'll see. I know Dad will talk to CBS at some point here in the near future, and they'll kind of figure out the the future game plan of what it what Phil Sims will do at CBS, or if they want him at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just was. Simply I saw that to your dad got invited by a minor league baseball team. Oh, to right. Be their you sent me that text message. Yeah. 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 Good luck getting them there for that. <laughs> hey guys, nice job. Big coming out week for the podcast. I mean, we've only done 109 episodes plus all the bonus episodes, so it's really like 150, and we generated national news. Hey, thanks. About time. So we just need you to say more outlandish more shit. More crazy stuff? Or hey, just to say, yes, I agree to whatever yeah, Lefko says. just Lefko comes in, <laughs> says whatever he wants about other people, and then you just agree with it, and then we just attribute it to you. Oh, man. <laughs> I think the other great thing has been the pictures of you that, that's been included. Oh, yeah, you like that, don't you? Oh, my God. Some of these pictures, you look like the bad guy in a Karate Kid movie. <laughs> you got like a weird chin hair thing. Is that like your Titans days? Uh, that was Tampa. It looked like the picture man, you sent me there. you looked – yeah, you who was – the, the actor that you say you sometimes get compared to? Oh, uh, well, I mean, the first guy you're talking to is Johnny put him in a body bag from Karate Kid. Yes. That's the first guy you're talking about. Second guy is, what is it, Silas from, um, you know, the, the... What's his name's son? Is it Gary Busey's son? Well, no, it's Silas. look like Gary Busey's son. I don't even know what he looks like. But the guy that was in, uh, the, what's the Tom Hanks movies, the religious movies, when he's trying to figure out... The God stuff over in Europe. Um, oh, the uh, uh, Da Vinci Code. Right, the Da Vinci Code. There's like the one blonde priest. He's also in a bunch of other movies. This is the one that kills me. Sims on the red carpet last year, At which was PR? the saddest red carpet I've ever seen. There were like showing, two photographers showing there. Showing just his wife's eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and just straight profile shot. That, I, that was my first time on a red carpet, and I was not comfortable. Not enjoyable. Uh, so they're like, over here, over here. And I'm like, I don't like to smile, guys. Like, I don't know what to do. Um <laughs> So the other thing that happened with the podcast, uh, our logo got changed. I heard. I saw yesterday. Um, So I just went on Twitter uh, and said, hey, guys. Uh, So apparently they changed our logo. Thoughts? Because for the longest time, it was 
you know, Sims and Lefko. Sims and Lefko in our pictures. And um, you remember the old one where it was your two actual headshots with New York City in the background. Yeah. Then we made you into cartoons. Uh, oh, that's our official one. Now? Long, yeah. long time. Uh, Peter Edwards, our boy, wrote, I feel like this is worse than the Chargers logo change. The Sims and Lefko <laughs> podcast is an institution. You can't change the logo willy nilly. <laughs> I'm not wrong. My, fir- my first thought, though, was, Peter, do you use willy nilly uh, regularly? I like the use of that, though. Yeah, it's Willy nilly is definitely uh, in the Kentucky part of my family. Uh, Wes Hodkowitz who is a writer for the Green Bay Packers, uh, sent me this gif of Mr. Obvious, or whatever is it, Captain Obvious. Captain Obvious. And when you kind of look at it, it does kind of look like our podcast logo. Oh, it's the same color. Same color scheme. Uh, I had some people message me and go, I didn't realize you're a baseball podcast now. Because <laughs> our do. logo does look a little bit like home plate. Um, the Cinema Jerk said there's no cowbell or air horn. What gives? Uh, Drew Whiteside said he likes it better. Um, Thanks, Drew. Shout out. And then Brian Scroggins says, you look like you have a McDonald's color scheme. Ah. <laughs> I like my face. I like my face on there. Oh, gosh. No, this is modern media. No more faces. Yeah. We can't actually listen to someone talk. I just need to see the words plastered on a screen with a cool lightning bolt <laughs> in the background. So I went. You nailed it. So after, so the podcast came out Thursday. Friday, I go to Cook Shop, which is where I go in New York pretty much every Friday to just drink coffee and read. And the guy, Ira, the manager, the big boss uh, who's hooked up, Fedrick, comes up to me and he goes, No survivor talk? Yeah, and I, I guess I, got, I guess we forgot to do our Survivor segment. Oh, week. darn it. Wait, what did you get? Well, I was just going to say, so Friday happens, and obviously I spent my whole day just reading articles about the podcast because, right. you know, I'm into that. Yep. And then I have Ira texting me on Friday. While all of this Chris Sims, Phil Sims stuff is going on, going, why didn't you talk about Survivor on the podcast? Hey, Ira, me? fuck off, okay? He's texting <laughs> me. He told me that he wanted a full episode dedicated to Survivor. He said he wanted an episode just on professional athletes that have played on Survivor. Like he was just. All right. Well, where are we right wait, now? Wait, in maybe Survivor. in July when I'm not here, we you guys can have we'll Ira in and bring him in. Well, okay? do you guys remember what the prediction, uh, the prediction that I offered two weeks ago? The of last course, time yeah, of course, that was an yeah. amazing what, prediction. What was it? It was you know you said that one guy that one person was getting voted off and that other person was going to stay on. I said that Sandra was going to be voted off pre-merge. Last week, Sandra was voted off. The queen is no longer queen of Survivor. It was the <laughs> wow. first time she has ever been voted off. Wow. Because she won twice. That must have really she's crushed She's twice. Her. She's won twice. And this was the first time she's been voted off. And they off. call her the queen because she's she, won twice? She calls, herself the, uh, she calls herself the so queen. So she's the It's Nick like her Young. evil character. Who's yeah. the therefore king of Survivor, right? Who's the guy that you would say is like it, kind of in the lead? Really up for debate. Up for no, debate. I mean, so, she's the uh, only one that's won twice. Okay. So. Anyway, so what's like, what is going on this season? What's the big storyline? I mean, the big storyline is just all of all of the dude. It's a great show. Uh, all of the big time players that have been voted out early. We lost Malcolm early. We lost Sierra early. We lost uh, Sandra early. There was so much hype about Sierra coming into the season because she voted off her mom on her Russell first season. Russell Wilson's wife? No, no, no. Sierra. No. Uh, no, no, no. Different Sierra. All right. So wait. All right. This. I guess this is my question. How do they get voted off? Why do they get voted off? So, is it really just basically like, oh, you have the best chance of winning it all, so we're going to vote your ass so off of it? So there's a number of factors that go into it. Thanks for asking, Chris. <laughs> let me let me unpack this a little bit. God so on every episode, there's an immunity challenge where the tribes go up against each other. Losing tribe has to go to tribal council and vote out a member. Early in the game, I believe it makes sense to keep your stronger players and vote out your weaker players. Because if you have your stronger players in the game, right. you keep winning challenges. And you won't have to go to immunity. Correct. You get rewards. And, correct. Right. And you don't have to go to tribal council. Gotcha. 
But as you get closer and closer to the merge where the tribes come together and you get closer <laughs> to the end of the game, it makes more sense to vote out the strongest players that you think have a chance to win right. because you don't want to ha- leave those players in the game when they can work their magic, start winning individual immunity once challenges. It, all right. Once it all becomes right, merged, it becomes a little more one-on-one-ish. Exactly. Right. Right. exactly. So I just blacked out. So my question would be, out of Sims and myself, who do you think would be better at playing the Survivor game? No question, you. <laughs> no question. I mean, Sims I feel would like not... Sims would walk on the island and he'd go, "Hey, fuckers! Yeah. just so you know, I'm gonna fucking kill you and get the immunity idol every time. Yeah. First week done." A, a huge right? part of it is slow playing it and not sharing your feelings. Well, hold on, time staying... out. But that's also one of not my good, we- that's one of my weaknesses. But, one of my weaknesses, is I talk way too much. But you're also a strategic, shifty little thinker. I know how you operate when you want to get something done. <laughs> uh, Sims, on the other shyster hand, is what he's saying. Sims, yeah, on right. the other hand, yeah, Sims, on the other hand, he would show up on the island and say, eh, you're weak, I'm voting you off. You're an asshole, I'm voting you off. Hey, you four, you're in my alliance. Let's fucking blow this thing up. Like, and that just wouldn't could, yeah. could brutal honesty ever win? Uh, could brutal honesty ever win? Uh, don't, eh, no, I don't think so. I don't wow. think so. Because if you're brutally honest, then people are just going to know that, oh, okay, so he's voting here. Okay, let me grab three people and vote him out. Yeah, like, Sims, Sims would definitely be the guy that when someone's torch was... Uh, doused. He'd be like, ha, what an idiot. I'd be peeing on that torch. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So you guys, you guys want to talk about football? Yeah. Or? yeah, yeah. yeah All right. So we're going to get to Twitter uh, in one second. I just have the news of the day, which was Adam Schefter tweeting out, just had an NFL executive tell me, don't be surprised if Miles Garrett isn't number one. Executive is convinced QB is in discussion at number one. Uh, this is the worst time of the year. We have two weeks of absolute bullshit that everyone has to deal with, and it's just quote after quote of maybe Leonard Fournette's number one, whatever. Um, what percentage chance would you put it at that anyone other than Miles Garrett's going number one? Uh, I would say it's like 90-10, I would guess. That would be, I guess. Uh, you know, listen, the quarterback thing. You have the 12th pick. There's always going to be posturing. Yeah, but maybe they have info that they're, they're worried that somebody there in between 12 likes the guy they like. Yeah, because like my, I know. My, my thing is this, Lefko. You know my thought. There's it, one elite player. Right. Oh, no, you're going to go on that if you think you need a quarterback. If you got it, you do it. I mean, listen, if E.J. Manuel could be in the first round and Blake Bortles oh could be picked God. number three and all those, and J- Jamarcus Russell can be number one, then, yes, any of these guys can be number one. I love how everybody this year, of all years, they made a definitive stance. None of these guys are first. I actually think there's a lot of really talented quarterbacks in this draft, of physically talented, too, like guys that I think can have successful NFL careers. Do the, like we said, do they check all the boxes? Yeah, there's, there's a few questions about either one of them, but physical ability for this draft is not one of my issues at the quarterback position, mm-hmm. where in a lot of drafts where it was, I was just like, damn, none of these guys are any good. I mean, like when I thought of Manziel, Bridgewater, and that whole crew there, I just yes. was like, none of them are special. Derek Carr was the best one to me that year, and he was the second-round pick. And it worked out. Right. Um, all right, so what we're going to do is, coming up in a little bit, uh, Mayock updated his positional rankings. We're going to continue to talk about what a crock of shit he's become. And I'm the, I'm the one in this podcast that's allowed to talk like this. Yes. It's awful. Yeah, we know that. And I have a, I have a reason why... I'm going to say it. I have a reason why Mike Mayock is hurting journalism. 
okay? okay? And he's ruining newspapers across the country. Yeah. I'll explain that in a second. And we're going to look and we're going to do a first stage of mocking the mocks. We're going to look at Jeremiah Kuyper McShay, who he just, re- he just released his GM mock draft, which is different than his predicting mock draft, but also different than his ESPN mock draft. In the words of Chris Sims, all these guys do is just cover their ass and make like a million different picks. It's insane. It's the reason I fill out 10 brackets every year. And we're going to do <laughs> I right. only do one. So we're going to compare Jeremiah <laughs> Kuyper McShay and our own Matt Miller. I only looked at the top 10. What is happening the most in their top 10s? Is there any guys where you're starting to see a lot of trends? And we're, I picked also uh, five guys that I know Sims feels very strongly about and where they have them going in their mock drafts and then also the quarterbacks. So we're going to do that in about five minutes, 10 minutes. But first, let's do Twitter questions. So first off, Thank you to all the people that listen to this podcast because we have gotten a, a number of awesome questions over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And I've noticed that a lot more people are sending in their They're questions, so good. it's really good. Chris, pull up the teams because I know I know yeah. how this goes. Oh, pull wait, up. wait. Hold on a second. Let me pull up the teams. Pull up the teams. Pull up the teams. I just want to see them. I just want to <laughs> okay. see them in front of me. First question, Danny Rome at Danny Rome with two Ys. In Danny. If Sims could be the starting QB for any team in the NFL right now, which offense would he want to lead and why? Oh, wow. I'm going to do this. I'm going to predict Sims' answer. Number okay. one, he's going to pick the Patriots because it's the Patriots. 49ers. Number two, he's going to pick the 49ers so we can work alongside Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> That's a good start. And, and then, uh, All right, and, so let's take out the Patriots and the 49ers. How about that? Okay, and then I would say that um, – Mm. Just okay. So they just want to know offenses that I would want to be yep. the quarterback of right now. Raiders yep. would be fun. Pull yeah, up the teams. They would. Yeah. yeah listen, I'm I just if I go right off, I'm looking at the teams right now. Dolphins. Adam Gase. Sure, I'd love to be in that system. How come? Uh, because Gase is a guy that is continuing to grow his offense. He's always looking for new ways to do things. And then I think his core offense itself is very creative in its own. And he's not afraid to run the football too and take some shots down the field. The Pittsburgh Steelers. They'd be another offense I would love to be in. Uh, it's not a dink and dunk, bullcrap type of offense. They're going to run the ball, and because of those running the ball, it's going to, again, lead to play action, more aggressive throws down the field. Would be I would like to be involved in that. Man, I like the Colts offense with Chazinski. You know, if they had a running back in a running game, we'd all go, man, this is a great offense, but they just don't have a lot of it. So I am a big fan of uh, Chazinski and what he does there at, at the OC position. Uh, briefly... NFC East, hey, I would be a part of that Redskins scheme. That's Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. I mean, Jay Gruden, John Gruden. That course, that fits with what, what I do. Okay, that's enough. Okay, fine. Um, I was going to say. I was going to say also, like, if oh, you, Arizona. If you could convince the Giants to change up their scheme, having Odell and Brandon Marshall, I think you'd have a lot of fun. No doubt. Oh, even the scheme itself. I mean, it, it's. Still I was a, looking more at personnel. Yeah, I'd be very comfortable in that Giants scheme for sure. Also, like being behind the Cowboys' offensive line with Zeke and Dez, like, sounds like a really cozy place to be. Certainly. No Next doubt Next question, it. Jordan Funk at Jordan Funk. Bring the funk. Jordan, Jordan Funky is his Twitter handle. If you had to start your franchise today with a QB not named Rodgers or Brady, who are you choosing and why? Love the show. Oh, that's Thanks, Start Jordan. a franchise. Start a franchise so today. Whenever I hear start a franchise, age matters. Yes. This is not- no Rodgers, no Brady. No, no Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, right. so right now as I'm going through the teams, Andrew Luck is certainly in the conversation. I'm going there with Andrew Luck. Okay, Derek Carr is in the other, another guy in the conversation. Those are the two teams roughly I went through the AFC that I would say yes. You know, I like Dak, but no. I like Carson Wentz a lot. He's in the conversation for me, Carson Wentz. Uh, Cam Newton. 
Man, then there's the Cam Newton and the Matt Stafford. Jameis Winston. Oof. I'm going with Derek Carr. Derek Carr. I am. I'm going with Derek Carr right now. You liked his moxie last year. I do. I like Derek, Derek Carr. Derek Carr had a season where he had a no-look pass. He had like four or five like fourth-quarter bombs. I, I think it was, yeah, I think it was eight fourth-quarter comebacks at one point. And like he that. also had like the yelling. Like he had the perfect sim season where he was a baller. He made plays, but he was also kind of an asshole. Yeah. And the, our main knock on Derek Carr for a long time was we thought he was going to be a reserved god squatter. Right, right. And he ended up being like kind of a man's man. Yeah. And it changed it around. You didn't you didn't mention Stafford. I, I was I did. I said Stafford. Okay. You you were kind of talking um over me. But I was <laughs> I was nancing you. But no, him by the way, <laughs> gotta make it a verb. Nance the shit out of you. No, yeah, Stafford is in that conversation to me. Uh so is Cam Newton. You know, you said it, Jameis, and then Russell Wilson as well. I yeah, mean, how they're all in that conversation. Next question, Nicholas Chapelsky at Ghostly Pimp is his Twitter handle. Man. At Ghostly Pimp. A uh, bit of a philosophical question here. At Love the t- those. At the 10-year mark of each of their careers, who will have been more successful of the Clemson receivers, Watkins, Williams, Bryant, or Hopkins? Ooh. Watkins, Williams, Williams, Bryant, or Hopkins, 10 years into their careers. Bryant, Martavis Bryant, yep. or Hopkins. Mike all, Williams, who we haven't even got, seen in the NFL All yet. got issues. All there. have issues. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Man, oof, that's a really good question. Um, Watkins, I don't, I'm going to cancel out Watkins right now. I just think it's the injury, the injury list continues to grow, and too many times when you see this many injuries this early in the career, it just leads to one thing after yep. another. And I'm that's, going Hopkins. Hopkins is going to have the stats, even though he's probably the least physically impressive Absolutely. of all these but four. But he he's not off-the-field issues. No, nope, he's polished route runner. He's got good hands. Now, my question then becomes, Williams, we always do this with rookies. Yeah. They have limitless potential. We never talk bad because we haven't seen them do bad. Right. We know Hopkins' limitations. Yeah. Williams, Hopkins, who's a better prospect coming out of college? Williams? You, you know, I think Williams is, yes. I think so it'll depend where Williams goes. If he goes to Tennessee and he's with Mariota. Got a chance. He could be good. Martavis Bryant can stay he- stay healthy and not, you know, do any more drugs. And All right, let's do like this. That. He could be, I mean, Martavis Bryant. Is Martavis at, the most athletic out of all yeah, four? Yeah, Martavis Bryant. I mean, I think he's in the conversation for the most athletic receiver in football when he's in prime. I mean, mm. it's him, Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones. He's that type of freak athlete. I mean, I think you know that too. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would bet, I think, just if all taking all things into account, yeah, it's Hopkins or Williams for sure. It's funny. I saw NFL Network doing the whole thing about Romo, and they were like most underappreciated players. They are talking about Romo and Arian Foster, and then they put up Andre Johnson. I was like, no, Andre Johnson is the most underappreciated player maybe of the last 15 years. I, w- I would agree with that. Talk yeah. about a top five receiver every year that every no year. one talked about. You're right. I mean, got caught down there in Houston with uh, – he was in some good offenses, but – Never a sexy quarterback, Ever. never a sexy offensive team Ever. to where they caught fire throughout the throughout the country. And but Hopkins became, is putting up numbers with nobody. He is. But I he agree, he's not is. as talented. No. Next question, Noah Carey at Justifiably Noah. How would Sims rank Sean Taylor compared to this year's strong safety class? Yeah, this and is. You love the safety class. I do. I mean, it just continues Fendrick, to go. He literally walked up to me today and he goes, every safety I study, I'm like, he's a first rounder. It's a, it's a, it's a real I, r- right now. Just anybody out there who who is listening, and I'll get to that Sean Taylor question. In my mind, Malik Hooker, Jamal Adams, Buddha Baker, whether you want to call him a safety, a nickel, whatever else, um, I would say Marcus May of Florida, 
and the freak from Connecticut, Obi Melanfonwu or whatever. I can never say his name. Yes. I think they're all first-round talents. Now, and then you there's think borderline Josh Jones Josh is like John- a second-rounder? What right. about Marcus Williams is a second-rounder? Yes. And, I mean, and, and when, if Josh Jones ended up being drafted late in the first, I'm not going to be mad at anybody. Right. The physical So you see like there. five to seven – Four to seven guys yeah. go in the first round. This is the, they're going to break their record. I don't even know what the record is yep. for DBs in the first round. This year, the record's going to get broken, I think, for the first round and the first two From rounds total. From everything you said to me, though, the closest comp is Jamal. It is. I would say Jamal to Adams, Taylor. yes, is the is the closest comp. Like, you wouldn't even compare Hooker to Taylor because they're just different guys? You know, a little I would. I, this okay. is where I think Taylor's... Because Taylor was a ball hawk. Right, he is. So, this, see, that's where it's weird. That's why it's Taylor like, was amazing. He was amazing. That's why he was, what, a top six pick because of that. And I, Jamal Adams and Hooker are both top six picks in my in my eyes, too. They're certainly definitely in the top ten most talented guys out of yes. all positions. Yeah. You know, Sean Taylor is weird. He's probably less of a strong safety than Jamal Adams, but a better free safety. Mm. But maybe a better strong safety than Malik Hooker, but slightly less as a free safety than right. Malik Hooker. So he's kind of a nice, rare combo. Maybe been like the purest hybrid. Man, when we played him like in the 2005 season, right, we played him twice that year. One time we came back and beat him, and uh, we, we threw a late touchdown. And he, you know, he took some chances on a few plays, and we made a few big plays down the, down the field. Man, that second time we played him, Man, they put Sean Taylor in the deep middle all game long, and they were like, you want to throw it deep down the middle? Go ahead, take your chances. And he was so deep. He would get so deep, but he was so fast because he could go sideline to sideline and then come downhill yeah. and stop the run game because of his speed. He, he, to me, was the difference in the game because he took away a lot of the designed home run shots we had in the game right. to take advantage of some of Greg Williams' crazy defenses. Yeah. And I would drop back, and I'd just be like, Damn, I kill your. It ain't gonna beat Sean Taylor right now. No. Got to go on to the next read. Yeah, and or, I'm not lofting this up. Or if it was play. Joey Galloway, Sean was very aware. He was like, "That's that's fucking Joey Galloway. I yeah, better take off," exactly. and he would take off. So yeah. Zach Marin at Zach Marin. I couldn't resist asking this question because of the amount of sarcasm dripping off of it. Where would you rank Blake Bortles among this year's draft quarterbacks? Since Sims is such a huge fan of his. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's an interesting question because of Blake's physical ability and also the what you just said about the quarterbacks this year and their physical yeah, ability. Yeah, it, it, listen, it's a great question. First of all, I mean, Blake Bortles, I know we bag on him a lot. It's not Blake Bortles' fault that he was drafted at number three. It's a lot of dumb NFL people who misevaluated it completely. And if you watch me back in the days of him coming out of Central Florida, I had all the same concerns then as I do now. So um, I never at any point really thought he was a first-round pick. That's the first issue, let alone the third pick. Um, Blake Bortles is the guy that has you know everything except the film and the throwing ability to justify being the third pick. Uh, I don't think. I what think else do you need then? I, I, I know and throwing ability. If you don't have those, well, th- I, that's what I mean. But see, the, everybody falls in love with the other stuff. That's what we're going through with Deshaun Kaiser right now. Everybody yes. loves the thought of the what he, he could stands. be. Yeah. Oh, he's big, strong guy. He can throw a fastball every now and then, and he looks good in front of the podium. And the guys on the team like him, and all those things. So you're putting Trubisky over him. I'm you're putting, putting Watson over him. You're putting Mahomes over him. You're putting Kaiser. I'm putting. Davis Webb over him. Peterman? I'm putting Peterman and Kaiser over him. Listen, I had huge concerns of Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles, if you really go back and watch the film, I mean – you know, there was receivers wide open. He really was never making NFL-type throws from, this from year? college. What about this year? This year, I mean, it's still concerning. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is at this point. That's why it would scare me about Deshaun Kaiser is just that 
there's Blake Bortles. Oh, we'll work with him and fix his that, throwing motion. You just literally figured out my number one thing that I'm rooting for in this draft. Yeah. I look at these mock drafts, and it's either Leonard Fournette or Jonathan Allen going to the Jaguars at four. I hope they take a quarterback at four. <laughs> I don't think it's out of. I don't think. I don't think it's. I, I out know of, they're not. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Coughlin just says, "Screw this." Well, I think if you read Coughlin's, well, because Coughlin quotes, could get like a Fournette at four and then come back in the second round and maybe get one of those guys. And get get a guy, no doubt. I mean, they've had Deshaun Watson in for a visit, so that tells you that they're to- they're tossing things around there. Yeah, there's no way Tom Coughlin can sit there and evaluate the Jacksonville Jaguars, knowing Tom Coughlin and everything we've heard about yes. him and read about him, to think he's sitting there watching film going. Man, this Bortles, he's really talented. And, oh, man, he takes care of the football, too. That's the first thing that's going to drive him crazy. I mean, we're talking about a turnover why, machine. Why would you draft a quarterback after you took one with pick number three three years ago? This, this is crazy. It's a waste <laughs> of a pick. Last no, it's not. Admit that your quarterback sucks. Last Twitter question, Derek Webb at Coach Webb D. I would take Fournette and then go to the quarterback in the second that's, round, though. To me, sounds like the yeah, way to go. Right. Out of all the disappointing first-round wide receivers from last year's draft, could anybody break out or take the next step this year. So last year's uh, first round wide receivers, yeah. I got you, Sam's pulled the teams. Yeah. Uh, Corey Coleman to the Browns at 15. Had he, some sparks. He'd be the guy I'd watch out for. If he doesn't hurt his hamstring early in the year, and I'd then, and they figure out their quarterback situation. It, yeah, but it was looking good early in the year. And then picks 21, 22, and 23 last year. The Texans got Will Fuller at 21. Yep. Uh, the Redskins got Josh Doxson at 22. And the Vikings got Treadwell at 23. Man. I would say he's the one I'm most concerned about. Treadwell? The fact that he was healthy all year and it was all healthy scratches. And we had concerns at all missed that, one, he wasn't as athletically intimidating as we thought he was during the season. Right. And then, two, they don't really run an offense. And that was one of those guys where can he learn all the routes yeah. and he clearly couldn't Doxon is the mystery and i think will fuller is the best i i, I but i think coleman is the one coleman's that, the one i think has the highest ceiling to be special sure like Col- and i coleman think also be, because he wasn't that great we could see him spark more well will fuller did some stuff last year so the jump wouldn't be as surprising his was similar too to even coleman i mean if you really think about will fuller he got off to the great start and too and then hurt. what he pulled his hamstring or yeah. i can't remember what it was but uh, yeah, I, I mean, Josh Dotson, I didn't love him coming out last year. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, but I know the Redskins people down there and a few players I talked to, they're impressed with what he could be. He is a big sucker. And like They're going to need him. They lose to Sean and Pierre. I know they get um, Terrell Pryor, yeah. but no, they need him. So, yeah, and I think also he has the best quarterback. Definitely. Of, and the, best, the, of the guys. And probably the best offense, too. So it, it's uh, Who's calling plays for them? Uh, I, I don't even – who is their That's new That's what I mean. OC? This is the second time this podcast you've talked about the good Washington offense, and I'm like, I don't even know who – Oh, it's Kavanaugh. Sorry, Matt Kavanaugh. Okay, I'm not right. going to – I'm not – yeah, I would think still Jay is going to have a lot of say in sure, the offense, so sure. that's why I kind of base that's it on. That's a good point. Thank yeah. you again to everybody for all the Twitter questions. Keep them coming every week, and we'll keep reading. What was the comment, though, about you being a producer kid? Oh, yeah. Uh, let me pull that one up. That oh. one came a couple days ago, so – Hold on, give me one second. We want the, he wants, somebody wants the producer kid to do a mock draft, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to read the exact tweet. I think I still have it in our text messages. Yeah, you might, you might get it faster than me. All right, I'm going to beat you. Uh, let's see. Okay, here we go. Uh, Sean Sheehy at Sean Likes Bacon, another good Twitter handle. Can you guys get the producer kid to evaluate a draft, pot, uh, a draft prospect on the podcast? I think the world needs that. Would be fun. All right. Hey, first of all, I'm not a kid, all right? I'm an adult. I'm a man. <laughs> I okay. want him. I, I think we should old. do this. You're a kid. Um, 
Ali Haji Sheik kid. Yeah. Um, I want to. I think that's actually a really fun thing to do. Okay. I think we should actually pick a player out that maybe he hasn't heard me talk about okay. yet, and just have me watch the film. And I'm gonna give you my iPad. Okay. And let you write. We'll do the, it next week. I'll show you like a. a I'll give you a POA right. Yes. Where you can watch the the useful plays. Have a notebook next to you. Write a few things down, and then I want to hear your take on it. And the interesting thing about that is that I have not spent nearly as much time as Adam has with you of like watching film and learning the mechanics of watching film. Like I have stayed out of that, yes. so I could come back with something that's just completely fucked up and makes I no say sense. That's we're your we're hoping so. For next week, <laughs> okay. we're hoping so. All right, so a uh, Sean likes bacon producer kid over here. We'll do that for next week. Producer okay. kid. All right. So hey, guess what, guys? Uh, Mike Mayock came out with those new positional rankings, and surprise, surprise. Be nice. Sims nailed it. Sims, literally last week, we're sitting there with Connor Rogers, who's now on the Stick to Football podcast with uh, Matt Miller, uh, and he said, I'll bet you that Kaiser, who's been number one quarterback the entire time, falls the month of the draft. Sims said that. Sims said that okay. last week. This week, the Rocks come out. Kaiser is now the number four quarterback for Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock now goes Watson one, Trubisky two, Mahomes three, Kaiser four, Webb five. Sims, when you're evaluating quarterbacks, do you go from one to four, or do you go from like four to three and like yeah, one to two? That can happen, right? You can be. I, How the hell does this happen? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's what I want to say. And and listen, Mike Mayock. I know he's a good guy. He does a lot of good. Great things, guy, no I'm doubt sure. about it. But yeah, this is the stuff that frustrates me about being in the business. I mean, you know, first of all, if you watched all quarterbacks on film, and you sat there and just said, "Okay, I'm going to watch the so-called top five on film today." I don't know how you could come away through a pretty strict evaluation and ever at any point say Deshaun Kaiser was one. So that's what worries me about that. Now, that's where I always throw in, like, is the NFL Network making him do this kind of stuff? NFL.com? What are they it, making him do? It, it, to me, it has because to be. Because there's no way you can look at it one time, and if you get it a full evaluation, and a month later you go back into the drawing board and say, you know, let me rewatch these in. And you go, yeah. Man, I was wrong. He's not number one. He's number four. So here's my issue with it's Mike It's one Mayock. thing for it to say, like, oh, he went from five to four or five to six or six to five, whatever. Okay, that I can understand. Like, maybe you watched another game and you said, eh, Davis Webbs is a hair better than Deshaun Kaiser or blah, blah, blah. One to four shouldn't happen, though. Like, I don't think so. We have these draft experts that are supposed to be emulating how front offices work. Sims has worked in a front office. Like, before the combine, like months before the combine, you should have everything pretty much mapped out how you think it is. Like, what else is Mike Mayock doing? He got booted off Notre Dame by Doug Flutie. Like, you have all the time in the world to watch these quarterbacks all year. So for you to do this to Sean Kaiser thing, this is the reason why I think I can be genuinely upset. is because I don't think people realize the power that Mike Mayock has. I don't think people realize, because I follow, like, every NFL writer in the league, that Mayock holds these two- to three-hour to four-hour phone sessions with every writer in the country. And they all call in and they all ask their questions. Where do you see Deshaun Kaiser? are going, what do you see as the needs of the Eagles? And then he pretty much controls how local writers cover their teams for the next few months. So for everyone out there that's reading the papers or curious about what's going on, all of your writers, in a way, are relying on Mike Mayock's take that he does. So if he is fucking with us, and this is for page clicks, and he goes, we've got a new number one, like... Curtis Samuel was listed as a wide receiver and then a special, and now he's Mike Mayock's number five running back. Doesn't make sense. Corey Davis was his number one wide receiver the entire time. Now he's three. 
Mike Williams and John Ross ahead of him. Jabril Peppers famously moved up to the number one safety. Now he's number three behind Jamal Adams and Hooker. So, yes, I guess you can change it a lot. But if you're emulating NFL teams, front offices do not do this. That's not real. And two, you're clearly just going for page clicks, and you used to be the guy. That's the thing that fucking pisses me off the most, Mm. is Mike Mayock was the undercover best dude at this. And now, I don't want to trust him. I don't want to read him. And the reason it upsets me is I really think he's ruining local writers. Local writers rely on PFF for offensive line grades, and they rely on Mike Mayock's phone calls for all of their draft insight and we predicted this and it happened that's the worst part we literally said this was going to happen so for me it's a crock of shit it's a crock of shit there's a number of guys out there where you know what i kind of respect kuiper now more like kuiper's takes are always the same you know, Matt Miller, like, I just, I don't understand. You're right about Kuiper. Like, sometimes I don't disagree, but if he thinks this guy's this, he just stays by it. It doesn't ever change. It, it never, you're right about that. I'll say that about Kuiper for sure. It's just, it's, things do not change at this point of the year, and to let the public think that it changes is, I don't know, I think it's obnoxious. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it, it annoys me. It, it's just part of this process right now, and it's a part of the reason why we have some of this crazy stuff every year where, you know, again, I'm dealing it with my Drill Peppers take right now, right? Uh, because they've been built up with almost this fake news. You know, it's like the same thing I think about when I first got out of wow. football. Fake news on the Sims and Lefka yeah. podcast. No, so, he was saying that earlier. He really, th- it's it, it is it, kind it of it fake is. News. It's fake news. It's like you know, I think back about like when I first got out of football and started working for the Patriots. Like you know, uh, what's his name? Matt Barkley was coming out of USC. All the media, ESPN, everybody's telling me he's the number one pick in the draft. I turn on the film. It comes time for the people that actually know what the hell's going on, and they evaluate it, and they go, this is the number one pick on the draft. What the hell's everybody been talking about? Because one guy said he's, he's at USC, and he wears seven, and he talks nicely to the media and looks like the organization, you know, face of the organization guy, and, you know, he completes the slant to Robert Woods. And he throws another go route to Marquise Lee. He's got to be the first-round pick because the stats and USC and wins all match up. And it's just part of, yeah, I don't know, even know what I'm trying to say more than that these false evaluations or these premature ranking of players from people like Sports Center anchors all of a sudden are ranking yep. our, our NFL thoughts is wrong and, and stupid. It, this also feeds the beast of, so this happens in April where Kaiser goes from one to four, but then on draft night when player X falls. And right, and then all the of board, a sudden we're calling we him up. something to talk about. Because, and, and we have yeah. a camera on him talking about how he's fallen. And he's the number and one wow, player. wow, what on happened to his board? draft stock? And it's like, no, it was falsely inflated no, the, because all, of yeah, all media 32 people. Two teams are sitting there going, no, 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 he's actually going where he's supposed like to that's, go. That's going to happen to Jabril. Like, Jabril is going to go in the second round, and there's going to be a camera on him for the whole thing, and everyone's going to go, what the hell, why isn't Jabril being picked? And you're going to sit there and say, I told you guys in February, he was a third-round pick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just, yes. Um, so that's my Mayock rant. Uh, By the way, did you notice what just happened during that? Yeah, so that's what's going to happen is it's going to go, uh, Sims finds Mayock annoying uh, because I went on a rant and you went, yeah, it's, yeah I agree, it's annoying. <laughs> We're talking about Mayock's ranking, Sims finds annoying. Uh, so, um, and then, like, to, to this whole point, like, I'm fascinated with this whole part of the year. So McShay today released his GM mock draft, which is what he would do if he was the GMs of all the teams, which is different than his predicting draft, because he's, which yeah. is predicting what GMs are going to do. How are those two things different? Well, 
I mean, if he's acting as the GM, he's using his opinion. If Todd McShay was running the Cleveland Browns, who would I pick? But that's different than what the Cleveland Browns might actually do. So what I did was I used what he would pick, the GM, which is really the only thing I care about. Like, you're giving – like, I feel like these guys always get misinformation. Like, the only pick that we're going to know is the Giants pick because they can't keep their mouth shut, and we find that out like the week of the draft. (laughs) Um, So what I did was I took Jeremiah's, uh, Kuyper, McShay, and Miller's. Miller's, I think, came out on the last week or two. McShay's came out today. Kuyper's came out last week. Jeremiah came out last week as well. Um, There are six guys that they all have in the top ten. Do you want to guess who the six guys are? Ooh. And I'd like you guys to play at home. Pull up the teams. Who are the, who are the six guys that you think they all have in the top ten? Okay. Uh, so, Miles Garrett. Yep. Uh, Leonard Fournette. Yep. Um, the Ohio – Lattimore and Hooker. Lattimore and Hooker. Jamal Adams. Yep, and there's one more. Um, and who is my mother freaking other one? Hold on a second. Just Oh, mm, top ten, though. Damn, I don't think it's going to I mean, be. I mean, he's literally projected to go number two by all of them. Oh, Solomon Thomas. There you go. Okay. okay. I was going to say, I hope it's not O.J. Howard. That's so nice. all four in their most recent mock have Garrett one, Solomon Thomas two. Yeah. All four of them. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's like a foregone conclusion at this point? I think Miles Garrett is. I don't know if the Solomon Thomas thing is for sure. You know, like I told you, I said this to you this morning, right? It's this is an underwhelming draft. I think people have to start to realize this. It's it's the the draft of lack of big time elite talent. There's just really no got not a lot of guys in this draft like this. Like for instance, and this was the example I used. We're talking about a defensive tackle who's 273 pounds being the second pick of the draft. That just doesn't happen. And I'm not taking anything away from this kid. I think he's a really good player. But I just think those type of players don't usually go in the top two or three. They're usually like your guys that, we got him at 15. We like him. And then you're like, yeah, he is a good pick at 15. Mm. But he's the number two guy. I mean, number two is quarterbacks, Jadavion Clowney, Khalil Max, and like freakish wide receivers, right? That's all number two is. So it's very rare. I think that's your first sign. No, I'm not totally sold. I have no background of this. Like I to- I've told you, I haven't talked to my friend Kyle Shanahan in a long time, and he's probably doing Legitimately, that. Legitimately, because yeah. I would make you talk yeah, about it. Yeah, because I don't think can. he wants to talk to me. He doesn't want to give me any of his thoughts or ideas on guys to where whatever. But I'm also as a friend. It probably makes more sense to talk to him after. Yeah, it's fine, and yeah. I understand it. I get it. Like we we texted each other, but I just know my friend Kyle Shanahan, and I've seen a few things. Like, are they crazy if they go Leonard Fournette at two? I don't think they are. I mean, for Kyle and his offense and what it's built around having an unbelievable running back. I just back, read a thing today that they've soured on Carlos Hyde. Exactly, because I would think again. I have not talked to my friend about this, but I would think Carlos is not his type of runner. Kyle likes Dante Freeman's. Put a foot in the ground and turn up. Hit that hole. Devontae Freeman? Yeah, Devontae Freeman or Tevin Coleman. Hit that. Exactly right. See the hole. Plant your foot in the ground. And what is Carlos Hyde? Carlos Hyde is a little bit more of a dancer. Uh, He's just not quite as much of a slasher that way. Mm. But Leonard Fournette. Is. Leonard Fournette is that guy. He is the guy that, oh, I'm going to catch the toss sweep. As soon as I see a crack that I can run through, I'm going to go through it so fast, and if you're there, you're going to get run over by me, or I'm going to go through it so fast you're not going to make the mm. tackle. 
And I think that's, I mean, listen, he's a freak of nature. It's so. interesting. Um, all right, so let me go through. Uh, let's do quarterbacks, and I just want to tell you where these guys each have them projected to go. I'm interested to hear this. Perfect. I really have no clue of these. I have not looked at either of these, okay. any of these mocks. So I did Watson, Trubisky, Mahomes, Kaiser, Peterman. Yeah. Matt Miller is the only guy of these four guys, so Kuiper McShay, Jeremiah Miller, that has Davis Webb going in the first two rounds. Huh. He has him going 44 to the Bills. Yeah. Let's start off with Deshaun Watson. Davis Webb is definitely going in the first two rounds. I just I know that. I've heard too many of my friends and coaches around the NFL talking about him. There's no doubt he's going in the first two rounds. All right, so uh, all of these guys have done two-round mock drafts. Yeah. Daniel Jeremiah has not. Okay. So uh, who do you think of the four uh, experts, Kuiper, McShay, Miller, Jeremiah, who has Watson going the highest? Um, Kuiper, McShay, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Miller. Miller. Okay, who has Watson going the highest? I'm going to say Miller. So Miller has him going 23 to the Giants. Okay. Kuiper has him going 12 to the Browns. Mm. McShay had him going 7 to the Chargers, but now he's got him going 34 to the Niners, and Jeremiah does not have him going in the first round. Oof. What do you think is most likely, the highest, which is Kuiper, 12 to the Browns, or I'll say McShay, 34th to the Niners? What's more likely? I think 12th is more likely than 34th. Kaiser is polarizing. He's about as polarizing as I can remember. And, and you know, I, I don't talk to a ton of people around football. Yeah. But the ones I talk to, I mean, I, I trust them, and they usually know those things. I mean, it is very – I, I mean, I know a few teams that got Kaiser in three and four as far as the quarterbacks listed, and then I know a few that have him as one. Um, so uh, it's very – but I do think he's one. And I'm not saying it's by a wide margin, yeah. but I do like Deshaun Watson. The interesting thing when I look at where these guys have these quarterbacks going, it's all over the place. Yeah. What I do see, though, is Kuiper going – I think there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks drafted early. And I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Kuiper is studying the way GMs act. Right. And if you don't think quarterbacks are going to go early, you're crazy. I, it I, happens every year. Mm -hmm. We're dumbfounded by it every year. Yep. They're going early. Mitch Trubisky. Miller has the Browns trading back up after getting Garrett to five to take Trubisky. Kuiper has him going six to the Jets, mm -hmm. which I think New York would explode. Uh, Jeremiah has him going 25th to the Texans, and then McShay has him going 33rd to the Browns. Oof. Man. Most likely 6th uh, to, to the Jets or 33rd to the Browns for Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I mean, I think the to me, I don't think it's going to be the end, you know, the start of the second round or end of the first round. I think he is going to go somewhere. I think so, too. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, the team we're forgetting about that's in this conversation with the quarterbacks, I mean, you talked about the Jets, whether the Browns want to trade down to the, you know, 8-9 position, whatever, or trade up from the 12 spot to get up to the 8-9 or 6 or whatever yeah. they think they got to do to – uh, I think those are all very real possibilities. Um, everybody's forgetting the Buffalo Bills are in this quarterback conversation. That's what I feel like more, more times than not. Just the little things I see Dick every now and then. They are the, they are the team, the wild card here. I mean, the, the, they're not going to go with Tyrod Taylor. I so don't, the, it doesn't look like for the long it's term. It's really interesting. So the four picks, Jeremiah Kepper, McShay Miller for the Bills. Jeremiah has them taking Jamal Adams, which mm -hmm. I just don't think he lasts until 10. I would be shocked. Uh, Kuiper and Miller both have them taking O.J. Howard. Okay. Uh, and McShay has them taking Reuben Foster. Mm. Any, of those, any of those would work. Who, what was the first one? 
The uh, first one that you said? Jamal Adams. Yeah, there's no way Jamal Adams will not be on the board at that point. Uh, all the other ones, though, I mean, they make sense. O.J. Howard and O.J. Yeah, Howard Ruben would Foster. really be the best one. Reuben Foster, I'm not going to say they need Reuben Foster. They got the kid that they drafted in the middle linebacker from Alabama last year who got hurt in training camp, remember? You're right. So they have him, and then the year before that, they drafted the kid from Louisville, Preston Brown. So I would be shocked mm. three years in a row they go, you know, use another pick, one of their top two picks on middle linebackers. All right, so I'm going to try and keep – I'm trying to figure out the best way to play this game. Yeah. All right, now Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Who are the teams that you think are associated with Patrick Mahomes? Arizona Cardinals. The, Kuiper has him going 13th to the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Mahomes. Mahomes. So think about what Kuiper has in his last mock. Yeah. Mitchell, 6th to the Jets. Watson, 12th to the Browns. Mahomes, 13th to the Cardinals. That's Kuiper. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest. I agree with Kuiper. I like it the best so far, too, from everything you've said to this point. Yes. All right, so what other teams do you think are associated with Mahomes. I would think the Cardinals, the Saints, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Jeremiah has Mahomes going 27th to the Chiefs. Okay. And then is the Pittsburgh Steelers the other team anybody? Miller is? has him going 25th to the Texans. Right. And then McShay has him going 38th to the Chargers. Ooh, 38th to the Chargers. Right. They're, they're, uh, I will be shocked. Like, Mahomes is going to go in the first round. I won't even be shocked if Mahomes ends up being the first quarterback taken. I think there's – I think Mahomes – Wow. Mahomes is, Mahomes is rising up boards. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people – when we did our first Facebook Live show and we talked about Mahomes, how many people said I was kind of crazy to think he was the most talented. And now I have all those same people going, you know, Chris, the more I watch this Mahomes, he's really special. Yeah. And I want to be like, no shit. I mean yeah. – yeah, I mean, Mahomes, I think the more you watch him, you just go, yeah, this kid could be Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger. Like, it doesn't matter what system you put him in. Mm. He's a good enough athlete and that special of a thrower that he's going to make the system work. Yes. Um, so, uh, man, Arizona at 13. The only thing I say with Arizona at 13 is just, man, they have other needs on their roster, too, right now. Yeah, they do. I mean, I would think maybe well, they'd be more in the— When you need a quarterback. I know. And, uh, and my question with Arizona is, do they like a Davis Webb? Do they think they can get him at the start of the second mm. round? That would be those kind of All things. All right, so let's ask. talk about Kaiser and Peterman. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah does not have Kaiser in the first round. Yeah. Um, Kuiper and Miller have Kaiser going to the same team at the end of the first. What team is that, do you think? So by Kuiper's rankings, he has four quarterbacks going in the first round right now. Wait, they have Kaiser going to the Saints? No, to the Chiefs at 27. Oof. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see that, but I just don't think Kaiser's a first-round pick. McShay, you know and McShay, yeah. I don't know if this is a sick joke, right. has Kaiser going 39th to the Jets. Can you imagine the Jets bring in Deshaun Kaiser with Hackenberg and Petty? Like another big guy that can't that fucking not play sure right can now throw the that ball. we don't know? Yeah, I know. I, I That would be a, a bonehead move for me. I mean, it's very Jetsy, but you got to assume they're going to not do that. <laughs> well, again. at some point, you think, well, let's draft a guy that we know is a natural thrower of the football. Yeah, and I think anyone that's saying the Jets are going to draft another quarterback, they need one. Yeah. They don't have one. That's all there is to it. Exactly um, right. And then I'll just read this one. Nathan Peterman, uh, Kuiper has him going 57 to the Texans. McShay, 77 to Arizona. Yeah. So that's when they would get him. Right. And then Miller has him going 45 to Arizona. Yeah, I think the, I mean, I, I think he's going to go 45 or higher. I think Peterman, 
is higher ranked on teams' boards than people so are So we'll say it one more time. You have Watson, Trubisky, Mahomes, Peterman, and Webb, five guys going either beginning of the second round or in the first. Like 45 or higher, basically. And yeah. then you're not sure about Kaiser. No, I, Kaiser, is, you know, Kaiser is a projection. He truly is. That's the way I look at him. He is truly a guy that you go, there's things I like, but I have big concerns about this and this, and maybe I can groom him into something to be – to be something special in the future. All right, so I have the Sims 5. I have the five players that I think Sims either feels really high on or that he thinks people are high when they're talking about him. (laughs) And so I am going to read it. I want you to kind of look at the draft order and see where you think he's going to go. I don't need you to pick it, but like the range, and I'll tell you, I want you to tell me if they're crazy. We're going to start off with a guy that I know you love. Yeah. Hassan Reddick. Oh, yes. Look Look at the order. Do you have the draft order? I do. Okay. Pull up the teams. What range do you think you, that Hassan Riddick should go? I mean, ha- Hassan Riddick is one of the five best players in the draft. Hassan Riddick, I will be shocked if he doesn't end up being a top ten pick. That's okay. what I'm going to say right None off the bat. None of these four guys have him in the top ten. Man, I, it, well, we'll see. I think that's going to change once they call out some of their buddies and they start to realize, oh, well, they got a lot higher. But there, there, he is, in a, in a draft we've talked about, like not elite players, here is one of the guys. I know you don't like Kuiper, but I'm telling you, I'm just looking at everything yeah, right now. Yeah, what's he got? You're gonna, so Kuiper has him going the highest. Where's he got 11 going? to the Saints. He's, he's right. It should, he should not be on the board past 11 to the Saints. Jeremiah uh, Miller and McShay all have him going 17 to Washington. I mean, that would be a great pick for Washington. Their thought and that is all phenomenal. And I'm glad to hear they all got him at least in the top 20. That's, yeah. that's, that's good for me because at first I was seeing him like 25 or 26, and I was like, damn. I mean, the, 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 one of the freakiest people in the draft, they don't last till 25 or 26. Um, to me, I can look at it and go, okay. I mean, really, I mean, really the Niners – the Bears could do it if they really wanted to and you felt that strongly about them. But the Chargers are who I look at at number seven, and if they, maybe they had their eyes on a Jamal Adams and he's not there. They need their Bobby Wagner. Uh, I know they have some decent little middle, middle linebackers there, but Reddick is like, like I've said to you, he's Ryan Shazier, except he's more physical and a bigger man. So that would make sense. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals could be in that conversation, uh, I think, at some point. And the New Orleans Saints certainly could use him yes. in the middle of their defense. Um, all right, so uh, this is going to be the five guys. So I think you love Hassan Reddick the most. Yeah. I think the second guy that you're really high on yeah. is Adoree Jackson. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the of the four guys – the highest he's going. Like, where where do you think he should go? That's where we start off. I, I mean, Adoree Jackson's the second best corner in the draft for my for my money. So, um, so is that teens? I mean, I really I could say he's. I think he's a top ten talent, top eleven, top twelve. Yeah, wow. I do. I think he's that high up the board for me. The highest. Yeah. Is Daniel Jeremiah at twenty eighth to the Cowboys? Oof. Yeah, the I just lowest, don't see it. The lowest is Kuiper, forty four to the Bills. Man. Miller has him 34th to the Niners, so right. second pick of the second round. And right. McShea has him 37th to the Rams. Okay. So they all see him as end of the first, beginning of the second. Right. And so you think they're wrong. I just think they're, yes. I think, again, we're talking about one of the elite athletes in the draft. He's in sco- a draft where there's not a lot of exactly. elite athletes. Scores touchdowns, stops touchdowns because of his speed and the ability to run people down. The kid hustles. And, you know, the special teams value, the value of him maybe 
getting on the field on offense 10 snaps a game. I think all that has to be accumulated in your brain. Um, yeah, I, to me, I see a Dory Jackson and what I've told you. I see Pac-Man Jones. So Pac-Man Jones was... Oh, no. Adam, don't touch anything. I got gotcha. you. Oh, God. Ah, Lefko almost just shut the whole thing down. <laughs> God damn. But, but I'll start where I was. Adoree Jackson, Ugh. I see Pac-Man Jones. That's who I see when I really watch the film. He's, he can play on an island. He has phenomenal cover skills. Uh, his hips, his speed, his ability to play the ball are all top-notch. Uh, plus, he has those other things to add to it. So, yeah, for my money, I, I do. I think Adoree Jackson, I think people are underrating him. All right, so if your number one is Riddick and then your two, like, so your love guy is Riddick and you're, like, I really like him a lot as Adoree. Right. Your middle guy, for me, is Corey Davis. Like, I don't think that you think Corey Davis is a bad football player. Yeah. I think that you think that Corey Davis is a good football player right. that's being talked about like an elite guy. Yeah. So you don't think he has a lot of fault. You just think that people got really hyped on him and that your big quote is no elite wide receiver stays four years at college. Exactly right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a first round receiver. Where do you where would you be OK with a team taking Corey Davis? Uh, yeah. Where does the grade become a B plus a minus a right? Uh, listen, Corey Davis book. and just yeah, Corey Davis for my money. Yeah. Elite receivers that go in the first round don't stay in school for four years. Uh, there's no like elite physical ability with Corey Davis. There's a lot of refined route running and yeah. great hands and all good, you know, understands offenses and it was in an elite offense. But I I really don't think he's a first round pick. I'm sorry. Wow. I don't I don't even know if what, he were to go in the first round, is there a situation where it makes sense? It, you know, hmm. I to me when you draft a receiver in the first round, you go, he can be our number one. And where I look at Corey Davis is I go, he's not going to sit there on an island and be able to get open all game long against Jalen Ramsey or A.J. Bouye mm. or Janoris Jenkins. If I had to pick a spot for him, okay, maybe the 31, the Atlanta Falcons. That would be the kind of spot he would work for me. So the lowest right. is Kuiper at 18 to the Titans. Man. And the only reason that I like that yeah. is he had him early on taking Lattimore. Yeah. So if you get Lattimore and Corey Davis, with remember they have two first-round picks, right. it's not a bad day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're making sure you get him. Um, the highest was McShay, who had him going seven, seven? to the Chargers. Man. I just don't even get that. Uh, I'll that say doesn't make any sense to me. Like Keenan, the one position that right. the Chargers don't need to draft that high is wide receiver. They got Keenan Allen. They got Tyrell Williams. They got Hunter Henry, Antonio Gates. We're missing another receiver that they have. But uh, like they've also shown the ability to draft guys late and turn them into good stuff. Yes, like all these guys. Um, and the other thing I want to ask too, like what was look, what was Corey Davis's official forty time finally? Because I know he didn't run at the combine. I got you. Fendrick will get on that. Jeremiah has him going twelve to the Browns. So Jeremiah has the Browns going Garrett and then Corey Davis, um, and then Miller has Corey Davis going thirteen to the Cardinals. Whew. You know, just another team that I think has more holes. I don't know. They did lose Michael Floyd. They don't. Larry Fitzgerald's about to be done. John Brown. We don't know what's they going on. They got John on. Brown. They got Jerron Brown. I mean, they got J.J. Nelson. I just don't look at them being desperate at that position. Nor do I look again the Chargers. It's Tyrell Williams. It's Inman Dontrell, who's a, a Dontrell Inman, excuse me, yeah. who's a good little player. They got Travis Benjamin, and they got Keenan Allen. And I, they have I think, I think so. McShay has the worst of all of them. You do. 
Yeah, I'm just looking at this, like where he has guys, and we're going to get to it on the next guy too. I think he's wildly all over the place, um, and I he so he has no quarterbacks in the first round, mm-hmm. um, which to me doesn't make any sense. Uh, and I Corey I don't, Davis did not run the forty at the combine or his pro day. He still hasn't run at the pro day. Okay. All right. So if Corey Davis is the middle guy, yep. So we went Reddick as the lover. Jackson's the good guy. Corey Davis is the middle guy. The guy that you think is a good player but is overrated, Derek Barnett. Yes. Who do you think – where do you see Derek Barnett? Where should he be going? This is the defensive end out of Tennessee. Yeah, uh, Derek Barnett, everybody's too, like, uh, obsessed with production. Oh, he's passed Reggie White's sack record. Great. I don't really care. The quality of the sacks does show me that he's not Reggie White. Now, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, we watched the film together, and it was a lot of quarterbacks holding onto the ball for a very long time. No doubt. Not a lot of burst around the edge. Right. Good bend, but not elite. Yeah, there's nothing physically elite. You look at him and go, ooh, he does that amazing. We were looking at the film, and Sim stood up and pointed right to his belly. And he goes, I'm not drafting a guy early with a gut. He had a little fupa. I mean, I just don't know any really legit pass rushers in the history of football that have that kind of makeup, really. So that would concern me if I was truly evaluating in, a G- in the room. You but would feel comfortable taking him at one point. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, he's like he's a guy I look at and go, he's like a 25 to 45 guy at the okay. end of the day, somewhere in that range. I look at the Dallas Cowboys at 28 and go, they could use some help at defense end. Yes. If he was there – Totally justifiable. Understand it. Even the Falcons at 31. If McShay they get a- has him going nine to the Bengals. Man. So, again, this is why I'm saying McShay's off this year. It just feels that way. 16, Jeremiah has him going 16 to the Ravens. Right. Would he, would he fit there? I, he, he would. I mean, he's a guy that can play that Suggs, like, 3-4, OLB, pass rush most of the time type yeah. of guy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Miller has him going 22 to the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And then Kuiper has him going 30 to the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm more in line with what Kuiper thinks there than See, anything. You and Kuiper. And you don't even like Kuiper. I, I, I don't mind Kuiper. You don't like Kuiper. Yeah, well, I get sick of some of his proclamations at times. Well, yeah, I mean, the, what did I? Yeah, the, the kid Clausen. Yeah, he, he said, said he would resign if he wasn't successful. I'll quit my job if he's not a successful NFL quarterback. I mean, don't you, as an employer, don't you feel obligated to uphold that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then the last one, so we went love, like, indifferent, not so like Jabril Peppers, yeah. who apparently were. Did we upset Jabril Peppers? Uh, we didn't upset him, but he's been tweeting about the video. Has he? Yeah. I don't know, I you were worried about that. Yeah, because I, I, I know I, I mean. Sims did a video in which he pretty much said he's wildly overhyped. But you tried to say, look, I don't want to talk bad. And you've said that on this podcast. Yeah. Wait, what has he been tweeting? I'll pull it up. Oh, oh crap. But, yeah, it just, uh, yeah, I, uh, listen, again, I think he's a, you know, just a little bit of a creation of the media to a degree. Not saying he can't be a good NFL player. I just, when I see, I don't think he's a first-round pick, let alone I've seen him sometimes in top 10 and top 15. So here's what Jabril tweeted yesterday. He oh. said, what? No, I'm just, I'm not excited. That's uh, all right. I played out of position, LB, at 200 pounds and still became an All-American. How many players can slash are willing to do that for their team? 
All then of he, them. Then he followed that up and said, call me what you want, but I will eat regardless, no matter the situation or circumstance. That's just how I'm cut. That's on big bro. Yeah, that's, that's a good response. Actually, I, yeah, I'm not against that. No, this is why, this is why people like this kid. It's because of this. They're letting these kind of comments, though, influence their football evaluation. Uh, I uh, just I think All American SEC Defensive Player of the Year, Big Twelve. I mean, we proved it. Means nothing. It means nothing. And, and remember, your and evaluation. We, we, we like we like Jabril. It has it's nothing personal. It's nothing. just you evaluating a football right. player. When, like he's in an NFL front office. He's a number. He's a player on a screen, exactly and they have to right. make a decision for their team. Daniel exactly Jeremiah right. has him going twenty second to the Dolphins. Okay. Kuiper has Not him going twenty eighth to the Cowboys. Okay. McShay had him going 31 to the Falcons, which in my mind it makes no sense. Zero sense. But then he dropped him down to 45th to the Cardinals. Right. That makes more sense to and me. And then Miller has him going 32nd to the Saints. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, listen, I think all these guys are kind of showing – they're all kind of telling you he's not as what he's built up to be. Yeah, now he's now – Now all of a sudden he's round. end of the first round. Or I did see the – like uh, what – GM, who the hell was the GM McShay. there? McShay. He didn't have him in the GM top 32, did he? No. That's no. what I'm saying. He had him at uh, 45. 45. So, yeah, listen, just I have concerns there. It's hurting my ears. Oh, phones. I'm sorry, Adam. And I know, like, he can say they played him out of position. It's nothing like I, I get it. Maybe he was played out of position. But if he was that awesome at corner, they would have kept him there. So the other thing that I gained from looking so at all of these. I don't understand if people think like, oh, yeah, we'll take the shutdown corner of college football, the best corner in football, and we're going to move him just because, you know, we want to move him. We don't want to stop the other team's best yeah, receiver. people think you just move positions. No, like, you move them because they, like, they don't do one they're, thing right. They're not doing that right, so we got to uh, move them. What was really interesting, too, is I look over the entire top ten uh, from these four guys that are draft experts and their predictions. Uh, Miller was the only one that even had an offensive lineman in his top ten. He had Garrett Bowles mm-hmm. going eight to the Panthers. And you have been hearing some things from friends where they're just telling you, dude, don't even really study the offensive <laughs> lineman. It's, it's, a very unim- it's, it's the reason I haven't, you haven't heard us talk about it. I haven't even gone there yet. I really haven't. I've been. I'm still cracking through the DBs. I just can't even get over how many are there. But uh, yes, the O lineman from the very get go. I had coaches tell me it's really an underwhelming crop. Uh, and then you can even see by some of the mocks and even just as it's gone on. And I talked to some of my friends. The same thing. You know, like listen. I, I w- one of the alarming things was for me was the kid from Florida State, Roderick Johnson. You know, one of the first things I saw, I don't know where he is on Mayock's, like, list for tackles or whatever else. Uh, okay, he's not even on there right now. But he was he was four on the last one. But, man, I watched Taco Charlton of Michigan, and he whooped Roderick Johnson in the Orange Bowl. I really? mean, whooped him to the point where I'd go, damn, I was like, this is one of the five best tackles? I mean, he got whooped by him all game long. So, uh, that is was my first like inkling of uh oh this might not be a very talented group. Yeah, it's uh it's interesting. Hold on, so let me I want to do one thing quickly before we go. Yeah. So SB Nation, uh, we did this last year when we were mocking the mocks. They compile all these mock drafts, and right now they have seventy three. Uh, the, the the flaw in their stuff is that uh, they include people from like the Dayton Daily News, um, and you know, I don't know what's another funny one to say out loud. Um, the New York Post, the the, Tor- <laughs> the Toronto Sun, um, but it's it's all these mock drafts and they just sort of calculate the percentages. So let's just do the top ten. 
Sims, who do you think is the prohibitive favorite to be the number one pick? Miles Garrett. Okay, and he is at 98.6%. What's really funny is when I listened to our Mocking the Mock last year, the prohibitive number one was who? Jared Goff. It was Laramie Tunsil. Oh, that's right. Remember, there was months of Laramie Tunsil's going number one. Do you take a tackle with the top pick in the draft and then gas mask? Uh, Number two. Who was the prohibitive favorite to be number two in the draft for the 49ers? Solomon Thomas. He is. Uh, And then after that, Malik Hooker is the next biggest one. The Chicago Bears. Who do you think is the prohibitive favorite to be? Who should it be? And then who do you think it is? And we're we're just doing the top ten, so we're going to rip through these. I want to say Jamal Adams and Jamal Adams. I think it should be, and I think it will be. Jamal Adams is tied with Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, that would have been the other guy that I would have said. I mean, that would have been my next guy. Uh, number four, yeah. Jaguars. Who do you think mocks have? Leonard them? Fournette. You're absolutely right. Uh, number five, the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. I'm going to say it's Marshawn Lattimore and Malik Hooker. So number five is the same as the Bears at number three. It is either um, Jamal, Adams. Jamal Adams or Marshawn Lattimore. Okay. So that's kind of how the draft is. And you know what? I agree with that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of that, 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 that. Now, this is where it gets interesting. What do they got with the Jets? What do you have for the Jets? I'm going to say the number one thing people are saying is Leonard Fournette, six to the Jets. Okay, and then what do you think they should? I haven't looked yet. Uh, the Jets, they prop, man, the Jets can go a lot of different ways. Oof, they're a tough one, actually. Uh, I would say legitimately, though, that has got to be another guy maybe at corner. They're probably Marshawn Lattimore. So the number one projected guy is Mitchell Trubisky. Ooh. And the number two guy is Malik Hooker. Ooh. Yeah, so that's that's where they're going right now. Yeah, I mean, safety. I mean, they got Calvin Pryor. They got the, you know, the other kid that they got from uh, San Diego a few years ago. I'm blanking on his name. Um so they're not desperate at safety. Chargers, number one, is Malik Hooker. Right. Uh, realize that we have not had Jonathan Allen as the number one guy yet in any yeah, of these. Right. Um, Carolina Panthers, it is Leonard Fournette, followed by Derek Barnett. Oof. So that's that eight pick. Everybody loves that Derek Barnett. They got got a, there's a number there to justify it always. Sacks. <laughs> yes. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, the number one is... Reuben Foster. Yeah, right. That's just a guy that Reuben Foster to the Bengals reminds me of um, the Louisville defensive lineman to the Saints last year. Oh, Sheldon Rankins. Sheldon Rankins. It was like every mock draft had that. Uh, And we'll just do number 10. Number 10, who is the most most likely pick? Sean Watson to the Buffalo Bills. Teammate, Mike Williams. Mike Williams to the Buffalo Bills. Yes. Man. This is go- I have a feeling that this is going to be one of the most absurd drafts in a long time because there isn't a clear tier. No. But is it absurd or is it just absurd because it's been created to be absurd? Because it might go exactly how you think, but everyone thinks it's absurd because they were thinking. No, it. because I think it's going to get really interesting 11 through 32. Okay. That's where I think you get what it, I'm saying. Because though. it's going to yeah. be like the beauty of the eye of the beholder, yep. right? Like where I see a corner that I think he's one of the two or three best corners, and some I'm team has another different you know, two or three. Also, like, I think about it as there's not a lot of great offensive linemen, and that's always a huge need for teams. And there's not a lot of great pass rushers, and that's always a huge need for teams. And so we're going to start seeing people picking tools, 
you know, like an extra corner or an extra wide receiver because there's just such a gap between them and the It's a passing lead, too. You need it. And you better get these elite ones while they're there. And there's elite ones. So, I mean, like I said, I think we're going to see a run of DBs in this first round that we've you never think, seen. Yeah, I have to look at what the record is, but you think there could be a record. I do. I really do. Because, like, I don't even think guys like Tredavious White, who everybody's got ranked, you yes. know, as being uh, somewhere in the – 20 through 32, like, I don't think he's there. I don't even think Tredavious White would not be a first-round pick for me. Right. Uh, I think he's a good player. He's got a lot of slot value. But, again, like I've told you, I don't think he has the speed for me to say he's a true number one corner that can match up against true number one receivers. He'll be outmatched. And to me, if you're not that guy, then you're not a top 20, 25 pick. Breaking news, John Lynch, general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. Quote, we're open for business when asked about the number two overall pick of the draft. Yeah. See, to me, the news would be, as John Lynch said, we're not we, are, we are not listening to any offers. That's another story that I love. They should, they should really, if somebody calls, they should answer it. <laughs> no shit. Thanks for that. All right. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, all right. Episode 109 in the books. Uh, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, next week, uh, what I want Fendrick to do is we're going to read some reviews in the iTunes section. Okay. So instead of reading tweets, leave us a review. Leave us that beautiful five-star review and then write something in the comment section, and we will read that because and the reviews help us a lot more than tweets do, and I want to be a little selfish. And I'm also going to give a draft evaluation next week. Yes, Ooh, you are. draft kit evaluation. Yep. Uh, Sims, thanks as always for Peace letting out, us uh, mortgage your uh, your father's situation and really uh, make Cash a name in. for ourselves. <laughs> no problem. Left, the Lefko and Sims podcast. That's really right. appreciate it. Rebrand. Uh, for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good night, everybody. All right. I'm going to hang out with Fendrick tonight. It's going to be great. See you guys later.